Hi everyone, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the Nutrition Diva's Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. Kevin writes, One of my New Year's resolutions is to drastically reduce the amount of wheat in my diet. I've heard from numerous sources that wheat bread can spike blood sugar levels even more than consuming a candy bar. The argument is that today's wheat has been modified to a point where the body does not recognize it as something natural, and so it goes into fat-storing panic mode. Would spelt bread be a better option? Well, Kevin, I promise to dedicate an upcoming episode to the pros and cons of spelt as an alternative to wheat, but first... I want to address some of the other concerns about wheat that you've raised here because I've been hearing variations on these themes from lots of other listeners as well. And now let's take a look at some of these claims about wheat, starting with its effect on your blood sugar. This notion that wheat is worse than candy seems to stem from statements made by William Davis, author of the best-selling book, Wheat Belly. On the website for his book, Davis states that, quote, Wheat raises blood sugar higher than nearly all other foods, including table sugar and many candy bars, end quote. Really? Well, the best tool I know of for measuring the effect of foods on blood sugar is the glycemic load, which takes into account both the speed at which various sources of carbohydrates are digested, as well as how much of them you consume. And most of this data has been collected by the Glycemic Index Research Service at the University of Sydney in Australia. According to their database, the glycemic load for a piece of white bread is between 9 and 13. Whole grain bread is a little bit lower, ranging from 6 to 11. Now, a dark chocolate bar has a glycemic load of 8. So it is true that a piece of white bread raises blood sugar higher than a dark chocolate bar. But if you look a little deeper into this database, you'll see that this isn't really the whole story. For one thing, the glycemic load of most candy bars is significantly higher than that of bread. A Snickers bar, for example, is 23. A Milky Way is 26. And as for the bread, as soon as you combine the bread with anything else, such as meat or cheese or peanut butter, the glycemic load goes down because the fat and protein in those other ingredients slows down the digestion of the carbohydrates in the bread. Add a slice of cheese to a piece of white bread, and the glycemic load of your snack goes from 11 down to 5. And if you choose whole wheat bread instead of white, the glycemic load would be that much lower. Now, I guess if you were to eat a piece of cheese with your chocolate bar, that would lower its glycemic load as well. I don't know about you, but I'm far more likely to eat a candy bar all by itself than I am to eat a piece of bread all by itself. So although it certainly attracted a lot of attention to the book, I think a blanket statement that wheat raises your blood sugar more than a candy bar is simply misleading, manipulative, and really unhelpful. So how about the idea that your body can't recognize modern wheat? It's certainly true that modern wheat is quite different than the strains grown a hundred or more years ago due to intensive hybridization. However, it's still made up of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And as such, the body still recognizes modern wheat as food, the same way it recognizes a Fuji apple or a seedless watermelon, neither of which existed 50 years ago. The body has no genetic memory of foods eaten by previous members of our species. Every food you eat over the course of your lifetime is unfamiliar the first time you eat it. 
Now, that's not to say that your body will tolerate every food on the planet equally well. You might lack enzymes needed to fully digest a certain food. You may have an allergy to a particular food protein. However, a food is not toxic simply because it's new, either to you or to the biotope. And as for the idea of an unfamiliar food throwing your body into fat-storing panic mode, that doesn't really square with the facts either. Foods with a high glycemic load trigger the release of insulin, a hormone which, among other things, stimulates the conversion of excess energy into fat. But this would be true whether the foods were new strains or heirloom varieties. And I don't think that there's any panic involved in this process. The hormone most closely associated with panic is adrenaline, which actually does quite the opposite. Adrenaline mobilizes the body's fat-burning mechanisms, converting that stored energy back into muscle energy so that you can outrun that saber-toothed tiger. Well, what about Kevin's resolution to cut back on wheat in the new year? Well, keep in mind that all grains trigger the release of insulin to some extent. Whole grains have a lower glycemic load than refined grains, But when it comes to managing blood sugar and insulin, the amount of grains you consume is even more important than whether they are whole or refined. All of which suggests that even if the recent charges against modern wheat don't hold much water, this New Year's resolution to cut back on wheat might still be a good one, but not if you simply replace one grain with another. Instead, consider replacing some of the grains in your diet with vegetables and other nutrient-dense foods. In the show notes, I've posted links to some other episodes I've done on grains and how they fit into a healthy diet. You'll find all of that, along with more information on our upcoming webinar on corporate wellness programs, at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. Post your comments and your questions there or on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. I'll be back next week. Until then, have a great week and be sure to eat something good for me. 